Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We've been talking about this whole thing for about 10 weeks, of going through Galatians about doing what? Walking by the Spirit. If we walk by the Spirit, we will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. And we talked about flesh is the self-motivated life where it's up to me. And the kind of the image of that is Adam and Eve covering their nakedness with fig leaves, their own trying to solve a problem with a couple of leaves. Anybody here made a big mess and tried to cover it up with a couple leaves? <laughs> Nobody notices, right? Um, and, and the reality is we were never meant to go through life in, under our own power. We were never meant to go through it with our own understanding. That's why we're called to lean not on our own understanding. But we were meant to live from the Spirit, by the Spirit, into this world with His power and His life flowing through us. And the demonstration of that, that fruit, is not primarily signs and wonders. Those are just bonuses. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. Things flowing out of you that are way more than could be attributed to you. Does that make sense? And so that sounds really wonderful, doesn't it? And some people are, I get, it's really fun, fun. I get to see who's getting it and who's like, yeah, I don't get it. And that's okay. Because um, one of the things is, is we're called to walk by the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit. But what does that mean? What does that look like? How can I figure out what that looks like practically? Um, so what, what we kept talking about was, wow, there were three together, three and one. There are, we, we talked about that there's generally two approaches there's the Pharisee and the Sadducee. You're awesome. Thank you. I, oh, <laughs> just trying to see if you were checking. Look, so it's not about left and right. Okay. Anyway, the, <laughs> I know Pharisees, the Pharisees are the ones they're obsessed with doing what, uh, being right. And that has to do with right theology. And they're also measuring everybody's skirt length. Sadducees are worried about making it work. And so the funny thing is, usually in a marriage, one is one and the other is the other. I'm just waiting for that to sink in. There's like, oh. So in our marriage, as Masha said, no, 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 no. When we, be, when we began to, 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 as we came together, right? Because what happens in a marriage the two become one flesh. Isn't that wonderful? I always tell, I was actually talking to somebody this week. I said, before you get married, try to sort out as many things as you can because it actually gets harder once you become one flesh because there's nowhere to hide. <laughs> and so this thing about it is in the Pharisees and the Sadducees is I was the Pharisee. I was all, man, I had, I've gone through three libraries, literally. I've had, I've literally, I had a library in America. I moved to Russia. I built a whole nother library. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of books. I, and then I left that all here and I built another library. I mean, listen, if I didn't know it, it's not worth knowing, right? I had all the answers. And I was married to a woman who said, I don't care. You can take your answers and shove it. Show it to me. True? Okay, now you know where I'm going, right? So, <laughs> show me the money, right? Make it work in life. 
This is what I love. This is why I am so grateful. So we, we started on our journey to the cross going in opposite directions. And I, I remember, I've said this before, um, I remember at this point I, I was actually having a spiritual moment. And I was like, I, I just really feel that I need to rise up as the leader of our family. And I, I feel like let's, we need to be doing more prayer together and your devotions. Thankfully, I didn't say this out loud. God is good. And God, this is what God whispered to me. He said, Peter, wow. Okay, I, I just want to say yes. Your highs are higher than her highs. But your lows are much lower than her lows. And her batting average is better. <laughs> and he said, listen up. Let her come to me and let you come to me. And why don't you meet each other in me? And so he's like, don't manage my daughter. She's good. <laughs> don't, okay, for some of you, don't manage my son. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't get as many amens on that. <laughs> the men are like, I ain't dumb. <laughs> oh, wow, that just got awkward. Okay, all right. Well, I don't know why my, my cross has a crook in it. I have a crooked cross? What? That's messed up. Okay, here we go. Moving on, <laughs> exactly. So the thing is, and, and I mentioned this, that we're coming together in the cross, Right? You know, you, and, and it says we became one flesh, right? Also, the cross, it says in him, we have become one with him, right? Now, did anybody, anybody here who's been married, when they said you will become one flesh, think it would just be like pixie dust that everything just got solved? Yeah, 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 yeah. So people are like, uh-uh, I've been watching marriage for a while. That ain't how it works. <laughs> Well, or, or this, or you, okay, uh, I'm going to keep it real. Listen, I, I, because uh, nobody really talked about sex in my church, as a result, I thought sex was going to be this magical thing that made two people one. I was, <laughs> now somebody, listen, I'm not the only dumb one here. Okay, no, like I just didn't understand that I, because they said we'd become one flesh, and I could tell they weren't Siamese twins. So I figured there was like something more going on. Okay, good. Some of you are like going, I'm with you. I'm tracking. Okay, so here's the deal. In the same way that I became one with Masha, I've also become one with Christ. Stay with me. So when Masha and I became one, initially we shared about that much. <laughs> we shared this one little line. <laughs> And a lot of times, at first with that, you do a lot of tug of war, right? No, 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 no. We're going to be over here today. No, no. You got to come over here. No, you got to come over here. Who's going to win? Anybody? Anybody? Okay. Yeah. Who, you know, you know, who's in charge today? Because we can't both be, and you're not going to be, right? And I don't feel safe when you're in charge. But guess what? As we, as Paul said, husbands and wives mutually sub submit to each other, submit to each other. What happens is over time, you start to see this growing area of unity. And you start to understand something. See, I thought I was amazing. I know that was not the joke, Jasmine. 
I thought I was awesome. Oh, gosh. I thought it was amazing. And all the things that I thought made me awesome, the difficulty were they were none of the things that Masha had, which is why she needed me. What I started to realize is as awesome as I was by myself, I was a thousand more times more awesome in the things we shared and walked in together. I'll, I'll give you an example. Now, I, I've actually heard Masha referred to as the pastor's wife, so if that's the case, then you need to refer to me as the pastor's husband. <laughs> if you're going to call her the pastor's wife, you better call me the pastor's husband. Because we are one. If I am doing most of the speaking, let me just tell you this. There's three types of things that come out of my mouth. Well, really two. You'll figure it out. There are things that have the wind of heaven on them, that are, have fire, have power, and they are God. And then there's other stuff. You shouldn't have to guess. Does that make sense? I promise you, the things that come out of my mouth that have fire and wind of the Spirit on are the things that have come out of this. We spend this out of our life together, out of us processing together. Listen, if they come out of my mouth, they did not come out and they are true and they are from the Lord. They are no less coming out of her mouth. Does that make sense? This is really important. We are one and, that, and, the, and the fire comes from that unity. Even though it be a smaller por portion, like I have, but I could do this amazing by myself. I, I had this experience years ago. I was in... Um, I was, in, uh, I was forced to leave Russia for my visa for three weeks. So I went across the border. Huh? No, this time it was three weeks. Um, but yes, I had other times I left for three weeks. But three weeks. I left Russia. I went across the border into Ukraine, um, which had more religious freedom at that time. And I, um, and I had all these opportunities to be the man of God of power for the hour. I had all these speaking engagements set up. And I went to the very first one. You know what I realized? Peter doesn't have the goods. Peter doesn't have it in and of myself. It's out of this that I have anything. I canceled all of them and went and, went and hid in my friend's apartment in Kiev to wait for the three weeks. The thing is, though, at first, what was coming out of here was less quality, if you will, less powerful out of this unity than what would come out of my own efforts and my own abilities. This is oftentimes what happens sometimes when we begin to partner with Holy Spirit. You see somebody else, your coworker, killing it, right? 80 hours a week, uh, lying, killing, and stealing to make deals, and they're getting ahead. And you begin to partner with Holy Spirit, and, you qu and, and so you don't get a lie, cheat, and steal anymore. And guess what? it begins to produce a different type of fruit. But at first, if you're playing the comparison game, you'll get depressed. But we're not doing that. We're, we're testing the fruit in our hearts. And as we do, you will see rapidly that fruit increase in value and power. Because this is actually not accurate. Because Masha and Peter are one with who? Reality is, this is where the goods is. This is where the goods is. This is fun stuff. But the good stuff is where Masha's unity with Jesus and my unity with Jesus come together in unity. And that's not just marriage. 
That happens in friendships. That happens in relationships. We, because we are one in Christ. We are, we are one. Jesus' prayer that they may be what? One, even as I and the Father are one. What does that mean? So I'm not going to assume anything because I always find that this isn't, that's not a good idea. Anyway, so if we could put up the next thing. God is three persons, one essence, one nature. And, and this always makes somebody's head pop. It's okay. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. God the Father, creator, king, ruler of the universe, son has sent to die he, through whom he created the world, and the spirit, the power of, who, who is a person, he's not just a force, who dwells in us. The purpose of the son is what? He says, John 15, 1, to be the way to the father. The purpose of the spirit is to point us to the son and take us to the father. It all is one. Father and son, constantly, they, were, they have been in communion since before there was time. For all eternity, they have been in self-giving love, preferring one another. God is not dominating king, first and foremost. He is first and foremost father, and he is not father without the son. Every part of their being and their nature is dependent on each other, and yet they are one. See, every other religious form of unity involves the annihilation of individuality. Some of you know what I'm talking about. The idea of dissolving into the sea of divinity. Many people are taking things like ketamine right now and the God drugs because they annihilate individuality and they feel this sense of oneness that is beyond anything. It's euphoria, but it is euphoria at the cost of your identity and your individuality. God demonstrates that though they are utterly one, they are separate and they still have unique identity. Anybody here had a relationship where the only way you got to be in the relationship was by disappearing? Right? Only one of us gets to happen in this relationship and it's apparently not me. That is not health, that is not unity, that is not love. Love allows both to show up in a way that is more than the two separate could ever be. Love, and so this is the reason that God created the world is he has so much love. He's like, we just, this thing is on fire. You see that, 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 that love just going all over the place. They're like, we gotta give love away. And they made humanity in their image that they that we might share in their love. And this is why all of Christianity, everything is about a relationship with God. It's not about self-actualization or, I mean, we're doing destiny, but it's not even about achieving your destiny. It's not even about you being your best self. It's not. It's about growing in relationship with God through who I am incidentally become my most true self, through whom I become, uh, I, I do realize the call and purposes that he has for me from the foundation of the world, but it's about relationship. And that and relationship only happens with a couple things. Relationship requires a choice. 
Um, I have bad news for you as parents. Anybody realize that your child did not choose you? <laughs> That's a very awkward moment when you realize, oh, darn, <laughs> you didn't choose me. But you know what? They, if the child does not choose the parent, there is still no relationship. Anybody been in a dominating relationship where you were so dominated by your parents that you couldn't show up? And the only thing you could do was leave. My sister told me about a, um, <clears throat> at a girl that had been adopted by a family, not because they had so much love to give, but because they needed love. And they sucked this girl dry. And the minute she went off to college, she ghosted them. Why? Because she was never allowed to choose them. Guess what? I'm out of here. If there's no choice... And so the reality is over time, we're giving our children a chance to rise up and choose us. We, and part of that means giving them more and more power to do what? Reject us. And that's really hard, isn't it? Isn't it scary? And so, but for a relationship to happen, it de depends on there being a choice. And this is why when God created Adam and Eve, he put them in the middle of the best garden on the planet, best place on the planet, filled with every good thing, gave them an amazing purpose to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. He gave them the opportunity to co-create perhaps with the animals, like speaking, naming the animals that's, that has that sense. He has this amazing thing going on. He gives them everything, but he gives them one choice. He says, pull this fire alarm and you may leave. You are not a prisoner in paradise. You may leave at any time. You may do life on your own. You may. If not, what it, would it have been? A gilded prison. That's not relationship. That's cruel. And so for a choice to exist, there has to be two other things. It requires a cost and a reward. A cost and a reward. What is the cost for Adam and Eve? The cost is, what's behind door number two? I want to know what's behind door number two. Let me open number two. Anybody, have, anybody here suffered from ungodly curiosity? Oh man, this cat has been killed so many times. I literally, it's my biggest downfall growing up. I mean, if you said, if you covered something with a tarp, I'm, I'm like, what's under? You know, it, it just... There's, there's a cost. They had, to, they had to say, I trust you, God, that though this, this, this uh, tree that you put in the middle of the garden, he didn't hide it. He put it right in the middle. <laughs> they had to walk by it every day. Oh, there's the tree we're not supposed to touch. And there was this fruit that was so beautiful. He could have made it ugly, right? I mean, you know, I, I mean, he could have made it a, I don't know, you know, a broccoli. That would be, Don, that would be Danya. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the big stalk of broccoli in the middle of the garden. You know, some people are, yes and amen. No, what, the, the cost, he made it beautiful, but he said, they said, he said, and I would submit to you that because they were growing into the image of God, that if God who is perfectly good has the knowledge of good and evil, then, then eventually they too would have been. Anybody here gotten what was supposed to be yours in the future before it was time? and discovered it almost killed you. And the reality is there they were. They had a choice, but they also had a reward. What was the reward for not, for choosing not to do that? Life, intimacy with God, 
walking in their destiny, intimacy between husband and wife, a life that was fulfilling and powerful and God flowing through them. Reward. Little bitty fruit. Reward. Little bitty fruit. Anybody made that dumb decision? But see, it's not a relationship without a choice. It's not. And so one of the things, anybody realize that you have to choose every day to remain in a relationship? Anybody thought that this wedding band would hold you of its own volition together? I mean, it does if you hook chains to it, you know, you know, become Siamese twins. But it literally, when you realize, I, I've, I've realized this, most couples, when they get married, two things happen. One is they realize, I'm trapped, right? And the other one, it realizes, no, I'm not. And in that moment, they realize they have free will to choose their spouse every day. But that's the same thing in a friendship. Anybody been ghosted by a friend? You were choosing them, but they didn't choose you. It hurts, doesn't it? So there is a cost and a reward. And why am I saying all of this is because God is inviting us into unity with him. He is inviting us to an ever-increasing experience. Just like I showed Masha and me growing in unity, a unity that we'll grow in for the rest of time, but also that we will all grow in for the rest of time. I, I, okay, this is another thing that happens, just to pull the, the Band-Aid off. Another thing that happens in marriage is, is you get to a point where you're like, well, I know everything there is to know about them. That's pretty boring. No, you don't. One of the things the Lord showed me is every single one of us is an infinitely large undiscovered country. Anybody here had something good flow out of you that you didn't know was in you? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was in there. If you didn't know it was in there, how in the world is everybody else going to know either? There is so much more in you. Masha is a million times more amazing today than she was when we got married. She's so, she has grown, she's changed, but there's so much more internally there. There's so, it's an undiscovered country. We will be discovering one another and ourselves and God for all eternity. Listen, this is, and so as we get, as we grow, as we grow in knowledge with God and man, as we grow in knowledge with God, the same thing happens. That word knowing is relationship, it's intimacy, it's oneness. When we, they said, we have all we need for life and godliness through what? Through knowing him. Anybody realize you barely know him? Like, I, you know, like, I, <laughs> I, we, I mean, we will spend all of eternity going, oh, wow, there's more. Oh, wow, there's more. We, as we know him more and more, as we are one with him more and more, more of him flows out of us. And let me tell you, I figured this out. I told you before, just take it on faith, I'm awesome. All by myself. But I've discovered me on my best day is pathetic compared to me on my worst day with Jesus. Him coming out of me, he's like, he's like one second of partnering with Jesus. I, I had this horrible realization recently that the amount of time in my life that I have walked by the Spirit is minuscule. Like really walked by the Spirit. Like literally, I'm partnering with the Holy Spirit. He's coming out of me. The amount of time I've spent walking by the flesh, being dumb, living out of myself, very, very great. The fruit of the little bit that I partnered with Jesus, unbelievably huge. 
And the amazing part is it cleaned up a lot of the mess that I created with my walking by the flesh. We make the power of sin and flesh so huge. You don't understand. Partner with Jesus for two seconds. Watch what he will do. And it only gets better and better and better and better. And that unity that we have, and the same thing is, how can you and I be one? Listen, I, we, it will be through him, being one with him, being one with him. And a lot of times when we have these moments together in worship, that's, that's that unity you're feeling where we are one in him. Anybody tried to be one with someone without God? Well, first of all, it becomes psychologically creepy. Anybody, anybody had those friends like in high school that were like joined at the braces? You know what I mean? They're like, and you couldn't tell where one began and the other ended. They both lost their identity. That's not it. The more we draw near to him, the more you become you and I become me. And the more I recognize the, the part of you that's partnering with Jesus and I want it and the parts you see in me that you want. That's what unity, that's what relationship is. And if we're going to walk with God, I, I remember as a young believer, I was, I was struggling with sin. And so I just said, you know what? I'm going to do the most, uh, you know, wonderfully spiritual thing I can do. And I just said, Lord, make me a robot, Lord. And then I shall be free. <laughs> make me a robot. I, your, may, let your will be my will. And I praise God, I had a, I had a mentor who said, God's never going to answer that because he gave you your will for a reason, so that you could show up as a person. You could show up as an individual. You could have a relationship with him. You could experience his love and you could give that love back to him. Because in fact, we have no love unless what? We received it from him. So it's out of that unity, I have anything to give you in the first place that you want. <clears throat> And it's this relationship. And we understand that God at every turn will defend and protect our ability to choose. Then we'll start to understand how he leads us. And over the next few weeks, we're going to go in into three areas of how he leads us. Because how can we know how God will lead us? Well, the wonderful thing is Jesus is the exact representation, the exact image of the Father. Hebrews 1.3 tells us. And the Holy Spirit is there just to show us Jesus and lead us to the Father. So, so we can know, if you want to know how the Holy Spirit leads, we're going to be looking at how Jesus led. Because that's how we will be able to partner with Holy Spirit and be led. Because God hasn't changed. He doesn't. And so we will watch. First, we're going to look at how Jesus teaches us. Anybody realize your mind needs to be renewed? Anybody realize you have some thoughts in your head that may not be the best ones? <clears throat> That's actually what conviction is. Uh, I had this happen. Uh, some of you may have heard my, heard my video. I think it was Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Uh, I did something in a relationship that wasn't right. I said something I shouldn't have. And then I spent the rest of Thursday justifying it in my head. No? Okay. Some of you are like... Um, Sunday, uh, Friday morning, I woke up, God woke me up at 4.30 with the screaming revelation that I'd done a bad thing. I made a mess. Now, in the past when this would happen, I would fall under a huge weight of shame. I would, I would beat myself. And then um, I would spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to fix the mess 
with a big pile of fig leaves. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and because I can't, I just go deeper and deeper and deeper. Sometimes I would lose days. Sometimes I'd lose weeks in this merry-go-round. I'm getting smarter. You know what I did? I went, ah! About 10 minutes into my fog of like, I went, oh, oh, God, I'm really sorry. That was dumb. Forgive me. And I did this. I did this. What do you want to do about it? What do you want me to do about it? He said, text them. I don't know. Hopefully their, their notifications are off. But I was like, I just texted him. I said, I'm really sorry that I said that. I shouldn't have said that. That was, that was not right. I didn't justify myself. I didn't cover myself with any fig leaves. And guess what? By 4.35 or 40, I was awesome. And I had a great day. I, why? Because in that place, God showed me the difference between my mind and his mind to give me what? A choice. And I don't want my mind. You can't gussy up my mind to make it look good compared to his mind. And we have the mind of Christ, right? First Corinthians tells us. And so with that, I read, suddenly it did cost me something. I lost my right to justify myself. But you know what I gained? Peace of mind, fruit of the spirit, joy, and keeping a relationship in check. Because the person later told me, actually, when I was going to bed that night, I was like, why did he tell me that? <laughs> and so I'd already forgiven you. <laughs> some people are like go-getters and a little faster than me anyway so relationship so teaching is about revealing where my mind and your in his mind are not the same right and giving me a choice we're going to talk about that look how jesus teaches specific to that the second thing is miracles we're going to watch how jesus does miracles in such a way that it doesn't violate relationship Anybody here been, had somebody pray for you in a way that violated relationship? Yes. You will receive Jesus. Come on. <laughs> Do you offer whiplash? No, I mean, he, he lit, does it in such a way to preserve choice, but not just choice. If I were to put a million dollars on the floor and I said, and I said, if you want it, you can have it. Is that really a choice? No, because no. there's no cost. So Jesus does miracles in such a way that there is a choice. And we'll look at that. The final thing we're going to look at is how Jesus invited people to follow him and still preserve the relationship. Because everybody is wired to want a king like Jesus. You know how I know? It tells us in Philippians that when he returns, every knee will bow. Why? If you... The people I know who've had open-eye encounters with Jesus or taken into the heavenlies... What they say consistently is, you see Jesus, just like John. John fell as one dead. John had known Jesus in the flesh. But when he saw him and saw him, he fell as one dead. That is the reality. When you see him, you can't say anything but, ooh. You just can't. You just can't. And so God is, he moves in such a way, Jesus moves in such a way that everybody, if you had God with skin on in your school, don't you think you'd be like, we're hanging out, right? But guess what? Nobody's from Nazareth went with him. And so he gives us a choice. And so all about this, we're going to go over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at this, how God is calling us up into ever-growing union with him in such a way that we show up more and more, not less and less.
Many people pray this. Anybody, man, I had it on our, our, our youth room in, in college. The prayer of John, that he may increase and I may decrease. God had less of you and he didn't like it. That's why he created you in the first place. <laughs> Listen, God wants you to increase as he increases. He's calling us up together. He's call, he wants more of you because when you look more like you, you look more like him. And the world is blessed. Does that make sense? Woo! All right. Wow. Well, we're going to have a lot of fun in the next few weeks. If we could have the worship team come up. I really feel like um, what I did was I opened a big uh, pile of garbage. And, and what I mean is, Many of us have been exposed to forms of religion that are anything but that. Anybody? And, or we've been in relationships this way, or relationship with kids, or relationship with parents that weren't anything but this. And I want to I say to you is, if that's the case, if you are feeling what I felt in the middle of the night, where your thinking is confronted with his thinking, and it's starting to create shame, stop it. Stop it. Stop looking. Listen, stop. Recognize it. Give it to Jesus. Just say, I'm sorry. Or forgive the people who did this to me and say, Jesus, what do you want to do from here? It is not too late to restore relationships that are broken. As, as the word said about daughters and sons returning, it's not too late to choose relationship. It's not too late to give choices. God wants to begin restoring things now. But it happens when we quit trying to use fig leaves to cover it up and we give it to Jesus and say, Jesus, what do you want to do? Tell me your thinking. Forgive me. Let's do this together. If we could stand. Father, I just ask right now that you would give us courage to give you our shame, that you might give us your mind and your thoughts and your direction and fill us with your spirit to do the things you're calling us to do in the very areas where the enemy is trying to shame us. We love you, Lord.